Welcome to the very first episode of Maybe Not Tawei, the very first official podcast of the Greatest Wrestler Ever Project. I'm Stephen Graham, and I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we're trying something new. Um, I know I, we've promised a Greatest Wrestler Ever Project podcast for a while now, but um, podcasts take some planning, they take some refining. Um, they take some amazing ideas and realize they can't work due to t people having lives and such. Um, but I think we finally found a format here that's really going to work. Um, so what should you expect on each one of these podcasts that should be coming out about once a month, you ask? Well, um, it's going to start with an introduction just like this that you're listening to right now. Um, I'm Doing it by myself is one of the first times I've recorded something so long by myself. And um, as you'll see at the uh, end of the podcast, I'll be doing that a little bit more. So um, please be forgiving. Hopefully I can get better at this. Uh, and if I can't, I will find someone to help me with this part. Um, but outside of an introduction, that would be a very short and boring podcast. Uh, this podcast is going to consist of uh, three other segments. Um, I'm going to be answering your questions. Um, uh, I've received some questions on Twitter and inside of the Greatest Wrestler Ever Project section on ProWrestlingOnly.com. Uh, there is some questions there. Uh, keep them coming. I'll answer them all on further podcasts. Uh, I got a lot more questions than I can answer here. Uh, but that's how we'll start. Um, after this introduction with this uh, with these questions uh, follow that up we uh, every time are going to have a guest and we're going to talk about some topic uh, this week on the very first episode I have uh, Kristen Ashley and Warren Hayes uh, two people heavily involved uh, with creating um, the PWI women's 150 list and we're going to talk about that process uh, and that that's pretty fun and then after that uh, we're going to end the show with my personal top 25 list of uh, wrestlers from 1990 and 1990 will be this week's uh, list but going forward we're going to change that up uh, leading into GWE uh, voting in 2026 where um, I hopefully can have a top 25 list of every year up to that point and I think that will uh, make my final list of the top 100 wrestlers of all time much, much easier to do if I have a top 25 list of each year to look at and uh, compare it to. So that's the game plan. Uh, I'm going to end this intro now, uh, and then we'll be back with some questions and some answers. Hey, it's time to go and answer your questions, uh, whether they are greatest wrestler ever related or uh, they're just questions you want me to answer. If you have any questions for me, um, I will uh, look into them here and answer uh, a couple each show. Um, I have more than a couple, so I'm only going to select some and I'll get to the rest 
on future shows, uh, but keep them coming. Uh, you can get me questions uh, in multiple ways. There is a thread on Pro Wrestling Only under the GWE section, under the Publications section of that, uh, that sub form, I think they're called officially. Uh, you can ask them there uh, and I will uh, get to them. You can also send an email to GWE26 at Outlook.com. Um, you can also hit me up on the Twitter machine at uh, Project GWE. Um, just ask me, a question, ask me a question there or you can DM me there. I'll, I'll collect them and uh, over time uh, plow through them. Uh, and uh, I gotta say, we got some pretty damn good questions here. Um, it, it was hard to just pick three at this point, um, but you know, time constraints, I don't want this podcast to turn into one of those five hour endeavors. Um, I want this to be a little more digestible. So uh, let's start off. I have a question. Uh, this one came from Twitter. Uh, from uh, Clayton Jones. Um, I should have planned answers before I <laughs> read the question, so um, hopefully I don't stumble and pause too long. But uh, Clayton Jones on Twitter, uh, they hit me up uh, and they asked, what surprised you in the first a few months in terms of reactions, participations? What areas do you think are off to a good start? And what do you see, what do you hope sees improvement? Um, this was obviously asked a couple, a few months <laughs> into the GWE project and we're now, oh boy, we're six months in. Um, but this question is still very relevant. Uh, uh, I think my biggest surprise was, um, on, uh, certain people, um, proving who they, who I thought they were, um, uh, I see GWE as an ongoing community uh, discussing great wrestling. Uh, that's how I see it. Um, some people see it as a way to gatekeep others and to uh, show how cool and hipster they are with their choices and their choices should be accepted by all. Um, those people uh, not the biggest fan of, but uh, they exist. I don't think you can stop them from existing, uh, but I, I, I'm glad their voices seem to be drowned out now. Um, another thing that surprised me was that um, I, I think the, the Discord, um, which I'll have a link to in the description, has been awesome. Uh, it's been a lot of great discussion, uh, great community, um, uh, lots of participation. Uh, I, what I hope to see change is that more people get on the Discord because um, it's a lot of fun, and especially the watch parties, which are, um, they're happening every Saturday at 12 Eastern for a different wrestler each week. Uh, we're watching about two hours worth of stuff, uh, and that's been great. People are discovering wrestlers they haven't seen before. I'm discovering wrestlers I haven't really paid attention to, and it's been awesome uh, and a lot of great discussion and fun. Uh, we've had Joshi Night on Sundays at 3 Eastern, so um, you can join in and uh, watch my weekly going through chron chronological order of Joshi. And I've also added uh, uh, basically a first and third Thursday of every uh, of every month. That's what they're called. 
uh, where we uh, watch whatever. Uh, it's currently we're watching the greatest, some of the greatest matches ever that I would need help for making my greatest match match ever list uh, come November. Uh, stay tuned for that list on the PWO Podcast Network. Um, you might see something according to that. But yeah, for what I hope I see change, just more participation, um, more people at the watch parties, I, I think would be awesome. And I, I've, I've loved uh, how, how engaged and how fun uh, the Discord is. Uh, the second question comes uh, from a man from, with many names. He's known as uh, Raw on PWO, uh, but I, I, on the Discord, he's something else. I think on the watch parties, he even has a different name as well on, the, on our sync tube. So um, he has a, a very good question here. Um, and let me read it. I was mostly a lurker on PWO at the time, so I might be remembering this wrong, but it seems you're a lot stronger in pushing women's wrestling than you were in 2016. Um, yes, that is 100% correct. Uh, so, uh, but to uh, dive into that a little bit deeper, uh, part one, what was the turning point for you? Um, I would go back to well, a few things. Uh, I think one of the bigger turning points was um, Sasha Becky at the uh, NXT, uh, where they tore it down in 2015, um, which really showed to me that um, modern, uh, outside of Joshi women's wrestling, what could uh, they could actually give them, be given a chance to show how awesome they were. Um, so that's a big. Um, that's a big point for me. Uh, the other point, uh, I've uh, I've had a lot of thought and uh, discussion and self exploration on gender. Uh, realize, realizing I'm non binary um, really kind of took away the need to uh, took away the need to always be like defending men wrestling, I guess in a way and. It, Definitely, I, I feel like I, I relate a lot more to uh, to women's wrestling and uh, women in general. Uh, <laughs> so that definitely, it's a lot more relatable uh, to me. Um, so I think um, 2015 was kind of like the starting point of the turn and then um, the last few years of uh, self-exploration uh, would really be the, uh, I guess the final turn. Uh, and the, uh, the other uh, part of that question was, what are your expectations for the wrestlers you're championing, most especially in comparison to your hopes for them in terms of placing in 2026? Um, I think definitely the people who did well last time, the Hokutos, the Kongs, uh, the Toyotas, um, are going to do well. Um, I hope there's a, the Bulls, too. Let's not forget Bull. Come on. Uh, but I, I do hope people give a lot more look into some of these other greats like Shigusa not Shigusa Nagayo not making the list last time is almost criminal so um, I, I do feel uh, people are a lot more higher um, a lot more accepting of women's wrestling this time around I, I do see a lot more Joshi talk um, so um, I don't know I, I, I really the overall list um, it's hard to have any expectations for 
because uh, I do feel GWE is more of a personal thing. Uh, it's about you and your um, looking into wrestling and you know just kind of being like, okay, this is where I am now after um, looking around and trying to figure things out. But the overall list is always very fascinating and I, I do hope that it's a little more diverse and it's not so, well, these are the, uh, the white men from the 80s list, you know? Uh, oh, and also, uh, obviously, All Japan in the uh, 90s. Those are like the two things that apparently we all have to agree on. Um, but I, I do hope it's a little more diverse. Uh, and the final question for this uh, first, um, we can call it a mailbag. That's what they used to call it. I don't think uh, mailbags in the digital age is uh, really what's going on, but we'll, we'll call it that. Um, so this is from Jmar007. Oh, very suave name. Uh, he asks, or they ask, I apologize. Uh, how has the implementation of the new outlooks like Discord and Twitter worked so far? Have you seen more active discussion about the project outside of PWO? And has it been what you expected considerably, considering how early it is in the process? Um, the Twitter discussion hasn't really taken off um, too much. Uh, that's kind of a shame. I, I hope it does. Uh, the Discord has been great. Uh, I, I touched on that earlier, uh, and I encourage more of you to join. Uh, PWO has been a little slow. Uh, it started off with a bang, but um, you know we are five years out. Um, I, I think in my head, the way I see it is, PWO is where you're going to post your kind of long-form discussions and long-form, like, I'm making a case for this person, and here are all the great reasons why. Uh, while Discord is more for more discussion about it and like having a two-way conversation. I think uh, message boards tend to be a lot of one-way conversations because the replies are so far apart and uh, it's really it's really not the greatest method for having a, a discussion with someone is posting something, waiting for them to reply and then them responding and like over time, I don't know. Uh, but I think it's it's one of the best places to make like a real good case for someone. I've seen people like Elliot, who has done some deep dives into like Sergeant Slaughter and Perez Guerrera, and kind of gone through their careers. And, um, I, and that's that's a beautiful place for it. And I think that works amazing. So I, I think, yeah, let's uh, let's get the GW discussion going on everywhere, not just in single places. Uh, so for that, we'll uh, close the mailbag and we'll be right back with uh, Christian and Kristen and Warren as we discussed uh, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Women's 150 um, and list making in general. And we're back. Uh, I'm joined here by uh, Kristen Ashley and Warren Hayes. How you doing, folks? Doing, doing great, well. thank you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, yes, yes. Very well, thank you for having us. No problem, uh, I'm so happy to have you guys because, well, uh, PWO, PWI, sorry, I misspoke, uh, was such a thing um, throughout my life, like throughout my childhood and stuff. And obviously it's, it's changed a lot over time and uh, it's definitely improved. I remember the PWO 500 just being like the biggest thing, um, you know, when I was a kid. Sure. And 
you know, we're doing GWE where we're we're each making our own personal uh, top 100 list. Um, so I want to talk to people who are like professionally putting together a list and see how that's going. <laughs> Yes, we're professional list makers. Is what we yeah. Are at. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what I am. Yeah. Man, that is like a dream job, a professional list maker. Um, I guess I need to join BuzzFeed or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I guess I'll ask you two individually. Like, uh, Warren, how did you get involved in uh, PWI? I asked my girlfriend if I could get on the list on uh, the committee. <laughs> So I guess the better question was, no, but, Kristen, how did you get involved in PWI? <laughs> Restate that. That's not true. No, 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 it's not true. Look, look, let, 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 uh, I, I've been uh, collaborating with uh, with um, PWI for a while. Um, well, for the better part of the uh, of the uh, of the past year or so, or eighteen months, um, with Bell to Bells through Bell to Bells, we uh, together we did. Um, we 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 do interviews. We'd set, uh, do a lot of collaborations on interviews and video content and whatnot. So, um, it, when 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 it was time for the committee to come together, you know, I just reached out. I reached out to Kristen. I reached out to Kevin Kevin McElvani, the the editor in chief. I'm like, hey, I I'd love to be a part of the uh, of the list. And uh, uh, Kevin instantly was like, yeah, let's do this. Absolutely. So, yeah. Awesome, uh, Kristen. Do you have a Different story. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I started uh, with PWI back in like last July, actually. Um, I, to be quite honest, I was on the verge of quitting wrestling media, and like literally the same day I was thinking about quitting, um, they PWI was tweeting about the 500. It just came out, and and all, the, and they were you know looking ahead towards the women's list for last year. And I just said, you know what? Let's do a last ditch thing to kind of just stick around. And I DM'd Kevin, rug DM PWI, and uh, I said, you know, if you ever need help with the women's list, you just hit me up. And they were like, actually, yeah, we could use your help. We could use somebody that knows women's wrestling really well. So. That, and then that was that. <laughs> um, and then I just, you know, I started writing for them. I started pitching to them. Um, and they would pitch to me. Um, if there was, like, a, a really prominent uh, women's wrestling, like, interview, I would get asked if I wanted to do it. Um, and then, you know, I just started sitting in on all the, the rankings. Um, you know, the 500, I was asked specifically to, to come in and just make sure that the women were um rightfully remembered during it and and then with with the 150 we had had conversation pretty quickly after the 500 me and kevin about um increasing the list and just what we wanted to do with that and and we decided we'd start at least with 150 guaranteed mm -hmm. it'll, it'll continue to grow for sure Good, um yes. and and then we just like honestly i we just said like what should the layout look like who should be on the committee and I mean, I, I picked, yes, of course, I'm, you know, close with all the people that I picked, but I picked the people that I knew, knew women's wrestling, and that's why I'm so close with them. So, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, shoot your shot, basically. It's, it's <laughs> that's yeah, just what I was going to say. That's like that moral of that story for sure. Yeah. Um, does uh, the fact that like these magazines go back to like the 70s and the 80s and were such a like a huge part of wrestling fandom, like before the internet, like this was like 
a source for most people to learn about wrestling outside of their current area. Um, does that tradition ever like hit you when you're doing anything? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it, it really hit me when I got the column. I have a recurring column. Um, then it really hit me because, you know, it's one thing to write like a couple features and PWI is very good about hiring like one and done writers or, you know, photographers that help out a little bit here and there. Um, and then just kind of moving on with the regular staff. So when I when I became a member of the regular staff, it became a bigger deal for me. And I didn't read this growing up. I really didn't. So um, when I, you know, Warren can speak more on that. But, you know, when he would tell me how prestigious the magazine is, I then I felt like, okay, this is a big deal. Yeah, I, I think that I remember early on when you were when you when you started collaborating with them, you know, you're like, eh, cool writing gig. And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> this is more than just a cool writing gig. You know, it's like this is pro wrestling illustrated. It's been around for decades. Uh, it's uh, you know, it was the first uh, peaks. Look, it, it, you know, PWI was the only way for you to know what was going on in the territories in the days. It was the only way that you could keep up with everything that was going on uh, in and everywhere that was you, wherever the NWA was holding shows. Right? I didn't um, know wrestling existed outside the WWF, outside of PWI magazine. Like that's sure. the only way I knew. And uh, and, uh, and and it's normal. Like you know, it depend depending on where you were. Look, I wasn't. You know, I live in Canada. So I didn't even know what the NWA was, right? Yeah, you're Canadian too, right? So yeah. it was it was harder for us to know what NWA was because look, there was it there was a territory in Toronto, but that was gobbled up by WWE. Then you had the Montreal territory, which was Lutte International, which was uh, Gino Brito's thing and Andre the Giant's territory, um, and that got gobbled up by uh, WWE as well. So you know, and it so was the only. And Stampede as well, absolutely. So outside, like, and as a kid, you know, younger, well, you're drawn to what you see on television. Then when you start realizing, when you start, you was like, oh, wait a minute, who's this Ric Flair guy? What is this Midnight Express? What is this Rock and Roll Express I keep hearing about? You know, Michael P.S. Hayes, who is this guy? That's how, that's how important it was. And the list has been there for forever, right? Like, I, I, I couldn't tell you exactly when it started, but it's always been there in my mind. And to be able to, like, Kristen collaborates on the 500, right? And that's awesome. And that's something that I think, uh, I, I think it's, it, it's amazing to be able to contribute on something that has such longevity and importance and, and that matters for a lot of people in the business these days, especially for indie talent. So... To be able to, and I'm speaking on my behalf now, to be able to contribute to the 150 this year uh, and continue on this fresh legacy of a list for women, that to me is uh, is extremely significant and uh, and humbling for me as a guy who's you know who just really loves women's wrestling, likes to talk it up, likes to make sure that everyone is treated equally and fairly. I'm I'm. Of course, I'm super honored to be a part of that list, the, 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 that committee, not the list itself. I think most of the women on the list could beat me up. I couldn't even, I wouldn't crack the 150. 
If the list was 175, I wouldn't crack the 175 either. You know what I mean? Oh, man. If the list was 2,000, I wouldn't crack it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, so how do you guys go about it? Because like, I know for me personally, like putting together a top 100 list, um, I, I'm a nerd who creates an Excel sheet, and I kind of just like <laughs> I make a list from one to like a hundred and then I sort and then I delete my numbers and then I redo it until like my list stops changing. Um, that's kind of my philosophy. Um, but like this is not Kristen's list. This is like a collaboration. How do you even, um, is, is everyone putting together their own 150 and you're just like tabulating the votes or is there like some uh, compromises you guys are making, Kristen? Well, like, you know, we all do our own research going in. Uh, but typically, you know, I've learned after doing like four lists now <laughs> that um, those necessarily aren't going to end up like how you want it to. So, but everybody it just kind of does their own research going in. We do it via Zoom call. Kevin will get kind of um, basically a Google Sheets ready um, just to start throwing ideas down. And he'll have like last year's list ready because that's always super important. And he'll have maybe the 500 ready too, just in case. Um, and I mean, you literally just start with number one and the top 10, top 20 is usually the most contested. So that will take a little bit of time, but we, I mean, it's usually like four hours on a zoom call, um, for the 500, you have multiple calls. It's not just one. And then you do like email chain. I mean, <laughs> even after you're like, okay, well, cause, cause the thing is like, especially with the women's, like. This year, you know, the evaluation uh, period stopped at September 30th and really, really closely after it needed to go to print. And we had started a meeting like a month beforehand. So things happen after you are done with your meeting. And so you're constantly changing it. But, but generally, the easiest way, I think, to do it is go, okay, who held titles in some of the top promotions this last year, right? And then going from that you know like Bianca Blair had a really good reign Utami has held you know her belt for most of the evaluation period you just go to the biggest women's wrestling promotions um and and who hold who had a really memorable reign and you go down from there but I mean typically and this happened for the 500 it happened for last year's women's list you go in and everybody pretty pretty much agrees on the number one it's just then going down the list. So it's, you know, the top 20 is highly contested. That's a little harder. But, you know, you bring up cage match, you bring up pro fight DB, you bring up everything you can. And and you just, I mean, it takes hours. <laughs> this is not something that we throw together very lightly. No. Luckily, there's only a year to look at. So we're not doing like the, the best 100 wrestlers of all time because that's difficult. Um, we just have like, you know, a, a year to look at. So it's, it, you know, you start with who's held the titles essentially and, and where do they fall in line with each other? Yeah. You have the, uh, you have like a kayfabe statistics you get to look at, um, yeah. which definitely helps. Uh, Warren, was there anyone like on the list that you were like super happy that you got them so high? Like what was the person you were really pushing for I'm gonna that you were happy with the result? I'm gonna steal Kristen's answer because we both have the same answer, and it's oh. Trisha Dora. Yes. Not nice. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, like Trish, Trish has been a personal favorite of Kristen and I's and, and I's and mine. 
um, since since the first time we saw her wrestle last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we're like, we were just thrown by uh, her her in ring skill, but the intangibles that she has, the the presence, uh, what she what she establishes herself to be, and and uh, uh, how she carries herself. And then we had the the uh, well, I say we as I had the opportunity to, to interview her twice since, and I think that just put it over the top for both of us. She is such a genuine, incredible human being. On top of being a super talented wrestler who is fearless, um, so for her to be first of all so high on the five hundred was a big deal, but number eighteen on the list. On the on the 150 um just uh made us uh it, it's something we 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 lobbied hard for i wouldn't say we fought for because i don't think anyone was really challenging the fact that she needed to be high um like kristen said the top 20 is very contested because um uh, there you know the the top 20 is is kind of like a it's a bit of a benchmark for the rest of the list as well um but the fact that we were able to put her up at 18 that at the time she was unsigned you know she hadn't been signed by ring of honor so when we put her up there she was she she was the highest unsigned uh wrestler on the list uh so for us it was a really really big deal but Trisha Dora is a really really big deal so it should be a really, really big deal. Yeah, that's that's a very good one. Uh, Kristen, was there anyone that um, you were disappointed that you couldn't get them higher or disappointed you couldn't get them on the list? Uh, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure there's lots. I'm sorry. Not, yeah, to, okay. not to say you're um, like everyone who didn't make it sucks. No, just like yeah. the one that you were the most disappointed by. Sure. Um, well, like I always am a big... Uh, a big fan of Lainey Luck and trying to get her as high as I can. And she got pretty high. I mean, she got 43. Um, but most of that is because uh, her fiance GPA and I have this really fake Twitter feud. And um, he's always blaming me if she doesn't get like the gold and everything. So, um, but you know, there was a lot of women who didn't qualify because of COVID that I was yeah. really bummed out that didn't qualify. So like all of what Canada. What were the qualifications? Um, well, they didn't qualify because of activity. So yeah. they had to have 10 matches or a minimum of six matches across six months. Um, and so like you could have one for one match for like six different months, essentially. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, you had to basically be active for like half the year, but but there were a lot. I mean, Canada, you know, so like Luffy yeah. never made it. Um, a lot of the UK didn't make it. If you weren't with NXT UK or like Progress, you weren't making it. Uh, Australia, there was a ton. I mean, there were some that didn't make it because they, they, you know, they're intergender wrestlers too, right? So like Charlie Evans would make it or that. But like, it was super hard. Um I and there's there you know there's women even outside of their geographical the ge the the geographic problems that made it that you know we at some point we're like ah like Riley Shepard right yeah who is, who is fantastic and a wrestler that we really really like uh 
you know, we were like, we, that's the problem. It's like we can't fit them in. And honestly, it's a good problem to have because it means that women's wrestling right now is thriving. There's more and more talent out there, more and more women who are competing and, and potentially qualifying for the list. I mean, I can't, uh, the, the list last year was 100 at 100. Kristen worked on that one. I didn't. She, uh, this year, bumped up to 150. And I'm like, how did you guys manage to just do 100 last year? This is nuts. I'm thinking, how did you guys manage to only do 150? <laughs> so it was I can imagine. Hard. It is. It's difficult. You know, we want the list to remain coveted, right? You want you want it to remain prestigious. So you can't necessarily include everybody because that's really not the name of the game. But there are a lot of women who just barely, like Ray Lynn, you know, like I love yeah. Ray Lynn. I think she's incredible, but she just barely didn't make it. Or um, Mercedes Blaze just barely didn't make it. And and so it's like, it's it sucks. And you want to increase, you want to do like a 500 because you know you can fill it in. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you you know, you can't really make, I mean, the list has got to have some prestige to it. And so, yeah, I mean, the 100 was, oh, my God, the 100 was super hard. And as a list maker, you, you as part of the committee, you feel bad. Um, because, believe it or not, some wrestlers do sort of, uh, they pay attention. They, they yeah. get mad. Um, most yeah. are very gracious and could care less. <laughs> um, <laughs> but some, you know, you, you end up feeling bad because you couldn't fit everybody. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean they had a bad year. It just means there's only so many spots. You know, there, there's a lot of them. It's like, particularly, I think, for the the independent wrestlers, right, that um, a lot of it, look, it's like we often say, Kristen and I, uh, you know, when you're an indie wrestler, you are everything. You know, you're you're the athlete, you're the talent, you're your manager, you're your accountant, you're your own uh, uh, a PR guy, marketing, you know, like you do everything, right? So for a lot of them, this is just a nice little boost. It's a, it's a nice little PR boost, right? Where yeah, they can sure. just be like, hey, I'm going to retweet this out. I made it to number, I'm Masha Slamovich, I made it to number 29 this year. So, you know, retweets that, the promotions that she works with see that, they're like, oh, well, Masha's, you know, Masha Star is rising. Let's get her back, and hey, maybe at the same time, maybe she can she can add a little bit on her fee at the same time. You know, it's like, well, yeah. maybe not especially. What's that? Or sign with impact. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, it's you know, I I don't think everyone, like Kristen says, cares about it. I think those who do will use it judiciously, and those who are mad can stay mad. <laughs> I'm curious about uh, people who, like, um, obviously, uh, women's wrestling in Japan has always been such a huge thing, uh, mm -hmm. and some of the greatest wrestlers ever, and some of the best wrestlers today are obviously in Japan, and you ranked a lot highly. Um, since PWI is in English and is, um, you know, known in America, uh, does anyone in Joshi, like, um, what are their reactions, or do they have... Um, like much reactions to the stuff. They love it because you know, and we've we've interviewed a few, right? We've interviewed a few Joshi talent, and the the consensus is that they want to be known over here. And Bushi Road or or DDT or whomever, they want their talent to be known over here because it's another market. Um, just business wise, it makes sense. And so a lot of the women who made the list. 
they they tweeted that out because it's a big deal. It's it's like if um if it's like if an indie wrestler who pretty much only wrestles in the US was known in Japan. It's a big deal because it means you've you've made your name across seas. I mean, it's a huge it's it's a huge difference in the markets too. So, you know, especially stardom, they, you know, the Bushi Road's pushing New Japan really hard. So they're starting to push stardom and they are like way easier to get interviews now than they used to be. Oh, um, yeah. And granted, there's either got to be a translator there or it's got to be written like stardom likes it to be written. But it's I mean, it's just super easy now compared to what it used to be. So they're paying attention because to them, when they make that list, that means, OK, people are actually watching. And to, to, to continue on that point, you just have to look at some of the moves that are happening right now uh, in the business to see that, to understand that the, the, the Joshi promotions know damn well that there is a rising base of fans uh, in, um, in North America, we'll, we'll throw in Canada here as well, who are watching the programming and, and, and getting to know these wrestlers. Um, you know, stardom, of course, is always the, the, the go-to, right? But hasn't really uh, committed to any real push moving forward. Kristen and I both think that, uh, you know, with the new ownership, uh, they'll probably start pushing harder for North America, like uh, Bushido Road is doing for New Japan. But, you know, look at, um, look at uh, uh, DDT, right? Who uh, who owns a Tokyo Joshi Pro, right? DDT just completely redid their Wrestle Universe website, their streaming service, completely in English to make it super easy for people to just jump in and 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 get to know the the product, right? Uh, Emi Sakura right now being in North America and teaming up with AEW, she knows what she's doing. Like this woman's been around for a while. She's not just here to to wrestle she's here to get the word out on joshi wrestling why do you think she dragged lulu pencil with her right why do you think that in the meantime you know she's uh, she's on her social media is talking about choco pro at, at the same time because there is a growing demand for joshi there is more and more people who are realizing it and th the fact that 22 percent of the of the list uh, contains joshi women which is uh, probably the the highest. I, I I checked with Kevin, the editor in chief. We couldn't say for sure, but he feels like it's like like it's true. It's probably the highest ratio of Japanese women's talent on on uh, on the women's list since the inception of it, and for good reason because more and more people are, are are tuning in, and the talent are making us tune in as well. Uh, I know I myself like I'm I'm a baby when it comes to Joshi knowledge, right? I'm <laughs> I'm I sporadically pop in. I know who the players are, so on and so forth. But I can't say that I watch it on the red. But then everyone starts going nuts about the Utami Shuri match. What do I do? I pop in and I take a sub and I watch the match and I'm like, this is amazing. So there's so there's the talent on top of that who are creating these matches that are getting people who don't usually watch Joshi to pay attention. And that's huge at the same time. Oh yeah, completely. Oh man. Uh, we're running out of time. Uh, Sorry. That so was a lot. <laughs> it's all right. 
fine. Before we get to plugs, uh, I had Kristen on before uh, on a previous podcast uh, on the launch party of the GWE, um, and I got her opinion there. But uh, Warren, uh, if you were to sit down and vote today, the greatest wrestler ever, in your opinion, is? Uh, like, uh, top to bottom, men or uh, women? Based on footage, like watching, not like drawing or like... Um, like that kind of stuff, like wrestling, wrestling skills. Skills. That's a good word. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck. God. Uh, or name a couple, but that's easier. <laughs> well, and we're talking ma- male or female, or anyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, my number one is Akira Hokuto. Which is which is a very good choice. I look, I I, I really suck at these lists. I'm look. I, I go. I tell you, Minami Toyota. Okay. I think I, I think she she always has to be part of those conversations. I would throw in Jushin Thunder Liger, in there as well. I would throw in Shawn Michaels. As one of uh, Bret Hart. I'm, I'm yeah. glad the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels debate is coming back. Because um, yeah. I feel It'll like it'll never die. It'll never well, really die. I feel like I was on one side, like more on an island, like ten years ago, and then I feel like the island has shifted. Um, so that feels good. Um, so that that's fun. Um, but uh, yeah, before we head out, uh, besides uh, actually plug PWI and anything involved, and then anything else you would like to uh, to plug, uh, uh, go ahead, Warren, and then Kristen. Uh, sure. Well, uh, I'll, I'll leave Kristen do all the PWI stuff. She's <laughs> she's much more ingrained uh, in there. Uh, but as for myself, uh, you can uh, you can follow me uh, uh, at uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I record my podcast live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. And then uh, and then you can watch it as well on demand or on your favorite podcast application as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well at uh, twitter.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. And uh, of course, at Bell to Bells, belltobells.com, twitter.com slash belltobells, youtube.com slash belltobells. That's B E L L T O B E L E S. Such a great name, uh, by the way. I don't know if I praised you guys on that before. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the digital uh, edition of the Women's 150 issue is ready for purchase at uh, PWI dash online.com you can also pre-order the print the physical will be on newsstands november 9th um, and subscribers will get it a little bit before then the next issue is tag team 50 so i got to throw in a couple names i will say that i got to sway one vote so that's good Um, and so that's going to be the next one so look out for that um i I don't believe I have any features in that one, but I have my column on the Chicago scene. So that'll be a good column. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then you can follow me on Twitter at Kristen Ashley uh, with no E. <laughs> and uh, also at Bell to Bell, all of the above that uh, Warren just said. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys. This was uh, an awesome conversation. I hope to talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for having, for having us. All right, I think it's now time to uh, reveal my top 25 list of wrestlers in 1990. 
Um, so I, th I think part of the theme of uh, this very first episode is list making. And um, someone did point this out to me, uh, but uh, having a list of, uh, I'm doing 25. So if I have to top 25 wrestlers of each year from um, as far back as I can go all the way up to 2025, whenever that happens, um, well, that's going to happen in 2025, but after that happens, um, I can use that and really like use um, a kind of a, a weighted uh, formula and kind of um, add up points. And I think that list will, um, I think that will be a good starting point for like a, a, a Frankenstein list to start for my GWE top 100. And then obviously intangibles and stuff will get in there. Um, but if I have my top 25 of each year, that's going to be kind of my starting point for my top 100 uh, overall in 2026. So uh, I'm going to be doing this on every episode. I'm going to take a year and then I'm going to go through and these are my top 25 of that year. Uh, and we're going to uh, see where that leads us. Um, and see how it goes. Um, this is also by far the longest thing I'm ever gonna do by myself. Um, the Q&A was the longest before that, so this is gonna be math much longer than that, I, I think. And we'll see how this goes. Um, if this is not good, uh, let me know, and I will find a guest, and I will kinda go over my list and have them there to kinda to add feedback um, to make it a little more interesting if me solo is not Good. I did that. I thought it was funny. I hope you did too. You probably didn't. I apologize. Let's move on to number 25. Um, so what I, before I do, oh, I'm just number 25. That was a tease, I guess. Uh, how did I make this list? Um, so in 2013, I started a database um, where I, I rank matches out of 10 and any match I rank seven or higher uh, gets thrown on this database. Um, if I rewatch it, I readjust the rating if I have to. Sometimes it stays the same, sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower, um, but I readjust. And it's kind of been this growing document. It's, um, I've added way more features to it than when it originally began uh, for a way for me to track my DVDR uh, of the 80s uh, for uh, AWA list is how it actually started. Uh, I. I didn't know how to vote in that, so I, I kind of started throwing out ratings, and that was my original list that started, uh, and it, it's definitely grown. So what I kind of did is I took all the wrestlers that I had matches rated for, and I threw them onto uh, a notepad, and I kind of really like, oh, okay, these were the matches they had, these were the ratings they had, and I kind of made a dummy list, and then I, I also. Um, on Pro Wrestling Only, a great resource is uh, for each year of the 90s, um, Chad and Loss both made their top 100 list. So I kind of went through those as well and been like, okay, is there anyone that had like a lot of great matches that maybe somehow I missed? And um, is there any wrestlers that maybe didn't have great matches that I somehow missed? Because you don't have to have great matches to be a great wrestler, weirdly enough. Um, I can discuss that in a future date if you would like. Uh, so I went through and I made a lot of modifications. I've been working on this for about a month. Uh, so I have my list for 1990. Um, and this is, uh, I, I kind of picked this year to start with because 
when I started to do my chronological watch of All Japan Women, uh, this was the year we started with the 80s. I didn't do as fully. So um, 1990s when I really kind of dive deep. Um, but also, you know, I was nine years old for uh, all but a month of that year. And uh, so I was like prime, you know, I was prime a fan uh, with nostalgia here. But obviously over the years, I've also uh, filled in any gaps I had for, you know, just being a, a kid in Canada at the time. Uh, and uh, I think I have a pretty good list here. Um, if you see any notable exceptions or if you disagree or if you uh, really agree, you know, hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on PWO, hit me up on the Discord, uh, send a send an email to gw26outlook.com, all those places. Um, I'll, I'll be more than glad to have that discussion. Hey, uh, send in a question. Uh, and maybe I'll answer it on the next uh, mailbag. I did quotation around the word mailbag there for you. Um, so let's let's get started. Uh, number 25, I have Suzuka Minami, who uh, teamed throughout the year with Akira Hokuto in the Marine Wolves. Um, she's number 25. I thought the Marine Wolves were one of the best tag teams. Um, definitely one of the best tag teams of the year. And they were just unbelievable in any setting we saw them in. And Minama, she's obviously not Akira Hokuto, and I apologize for pronunciations. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering them, so uh, I apologize. But uh, she's not Akira Hokuto, but she, she more than held her own. Um, uh, there's, I think the most notable match would be from May 13th, uh, where she the Marine Wolves took on uh, here's some more bad pronunciations. Mitsuku Nishawaki and Yumiku Hada. Um, those might be the fire jets. I like the fire jets too. Uh, yeah, but the Marine Wolves are rule. Minami, she, she's in tough, I think, for stuff like this because she's very, very great. Uh, she, she's very tall. She has awesome uh, moves. She's selling really good. Like her timing, everything's excellent. But... You know, she's teaming with Akira Hokuto. She's in a promotion with um, Bull and Kong and Toyota and Kyoko Inoue and all these people. Uh, it's, it's really hard to kind of stand out in that setting. Uh, but she she's a little bit, uh, she has a little bit more kind of like good power stuff, I think makes her maybe set out a little bit. But um, if you haven't seen much Minami in 1990 or Minami at all, um, I suggest you check her out. She's awesome. Number 24, uh, the big boss man. Yes, the big boss man. Uh, this was the year that he turned babyface. Um, and as much as the Twin Towers were awesome and like big beefy boss man beating people up as a heel was awesome, I, I think he really found his calling as a babyface. And he, the way he such a huge man right like he's over 300 pounds he's huge the way he could look small and sell for people uh and just like like dustin Rhodes, right like just this mass of people that can look tiny because they're a baby face and they're getting beat up and they do it in such a great way uh it is very impressive um standout match would be the earthquake match at survivor series showdown um but 
just check him out for anything that year. Um, the way he settled into being an amazing baby face, uh, just outstanding. Uh, definitely, uh, yeah, love him. Uh, and this was one of his uh, better years for sure. Uh, number 23, uh, Casas, who, um, the, the, I think one of the bigger problems with him is he's not in CMLL uh, or EMLL at the time. Um, so his, he might go under the radar, but uh, Casas, you know, uh, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I think I had him in my top five overall last time. Um, and 1990 was one of the first years that he was like, truly awesome and uh yeah there's no no discounting that um there's that uh wwa uh trios match he has uh from well we don't even know the date that's awesome uh but there's also a, a really good match with um a pre ultimo dragon uh from hamada's uwf uh back in june uh cast uh, those could be kind of their standout matches but you know you can watch Nico Casas. He doesn't. He could be in a, a nothing match, and he's gonna roll. Uh, and in 1990, he definitely ruled uh, enough to be number 24. Uh, number 22, uh, Stan the Lariat Hansen. Uh, yeah, uh, he's gonna have years where he'll definitely be higher. I feel like 1990 uh, was kind of an interesting year for him. Um, where I think most of his big matches would be like intra-promotional matches, like uh, the uh, Hogan match, the Vader match, um, those would kind of be your standouts. Uh, so that's kind of fascinating, but um, clearly in 1990, All Japan was all about Jumbo's army versus Masawa and company. Uh, and Hansen, uh, he took a backseat there, but good old Hansen, he's not gonna have a bad year. He's going to rule. Um, so, yeah, good old Stan Hansen. Uh, steady at number 22. Probably his lowest year uh, between uh, probably 85 to 95, I'm going to guess, would <laughs> be number 22. But we'll, we'll see as we go along. Uh, number 21, El Del Santo. Um, yeah, he fucking rules. Uh, and I think what puts him above Negro Casas, um, because they're they're both obviously great luchadors and they're both kind of going into their own. Um, they were on, uh, on opposing sides in that um, WWE trios match I mentioned earlier. Um, but I think what puts him apart is the, uh, he was in EML. He, he had, you know, he had a lot more opportunities to kind of showcase how great he was. Uh, so, and El Hijo del Santo, one of the, the great technical flying um, workers in desperation, brawlers, uh, you'll ever see. Um, he's definitely going to be higher in later years, but uh, he gets into number 21 in 1990. Let's move on to number 20. Um, and, and this would be our, uh, our boy, uh, Butch Reed. Uh, Doom had a great year. Um, they had the, uh, the, the Horseman feud. They had their matches with the Steiners, the Rock and Rolls. Doom was awesome. Um, Ron Simmons, uh, not going to make my list, sadly, but he was coming into his own, but Butch Reed was definitely the, uh, the, 
the star of that team, uh, or at least the better wrestler of that team at the time. Uh, and he really held everything down. Um, Doom rules and uh, Butch Reed would be the, the, the captain that puts him into number 20 on in 1990. Number 19. Um, I think this might be the youngest wrestler that's going to uh, have a high, like get onto a top 25 list, maybe. We'll see. Um, but number 19 is Sean Waltman, who working indies in Minnesota uh, had just insanely great matches with Jerry Lynn and Wellington Wilkins Jr. Uh, at least three of them are on tape and he's like this, like you've seen Sean Waltman later on. Uh, he doesn't have the personality as much back here, but he has more of like a shoot style too. Well, like he, he's more focused on the kicks and uh, intensity um, and fuck, he's, he's fucking awesome. Uh, in 1990 already. Uh, so he gets into number 19. Um, number 18, uh, Bret Hart, who spent, I would say the majority of his year in the Hart Foundation, and obviously he's the member, member of that. Um, they had some uh, pretty good matches with the Rockers, uh, ones that have made tape recently, uh, <laughs> like the tag title change. Um, that uh, did not end up being a tag title change. Uh, oh yeah, the demolition tag at SummerSlam, stuff like that. Um, Brett kind of carries all of this stuff, uh, is the standout. He he rules, he hadn't quite, um, in 91 is when he's really gonna take off, uh, but 1990, he's there. He's there, he's just not getting the opportunities or push, but he's fucking awesome. Uh, in 1990, uh, that puts him in number 18. Number 17, uh, someone that, I don't know, three years ago, I would probably have never even considered, uh, but uh, I absolutely fell in love with, uh, is Bison Kimura uh, at 17. Uh, spending, I, I think most of her great stuff is teaming with Aja Kong, uh, but she's not a weak link in that tag team at all. Um, I have an eight and a half star match with her uh, and Kong against Toyota and Yamada from March 20th uh, as kind of like the big standout match for me. Um, but she she is such a force uh, and not like a, a monstrous force like Aja Kong, but like more of a dynamic, never giving up force <laughs> that I absolutely love. Uh, Bison Kimura, um, she can do it all too. And, and she was like, I think she's more of the glue of the team too, which is, is damn impressive. Um, but yeah, check out Bison Kimura, definitely. Uh, number 17. Number 16. Um, <laughs> Y'all might laugh at this, but uh, it's John Tento, the earthquake. Uh, we did a watch party on, re on him recently. I, I think everyone had uh, great fun. They were kind of blown away how good the, uh, the SummerSlam match with, Earth with uh, Hulk Hogan was and the... Uh, the before-mentioned uh, Survivor Series showdown match with Big Boss Man, uh, but Earthquake in 1990 was like he really like found his way, um, and I don't think there's anyone who, at the time, probably worked more uh, more smartly to who they were. Like his psychology is absolutely perfect. Um, he he's not gonna pull out your fucking ten star matches with moon salts. Um, not that a 10 star match needs a moonsault. I'm kind of mocking some people with that statement. Uh, but he, 
he does everything perfectly. He's like a he's exactly what you want as a, a big guy um, crushing people. It, it's absolutely a marvel to watch watch any of his matches, um, and he just everything makes sense. Everything's perfect, um, and you, you know you might catch a drop kick too. So if you need your high spots, he can deliver those as well. Uh, number fifteen. Um, I mentioned before about Jumbo's Army versus uh, Masawa and Company, and uh, you might need a drink because it's Akira Tawe, which this show is named after, uh, and he sneaks into number 15 here. Uh, he was Jumbo's number one uh, sidekick. Uh, he was a monstrous force with his uh, choke slams and such, and so many great matches um, between those. Uh, Masawa and Company and Jumbo and Company matches and Tawe was not a disappointment in any of those and definitely held his own and made them feel better in a lot of cases. Um, so yeah, definitely, yeah, just watch that feud. That feud's rules. I haven't revisited it in six years, so um, hopefully it still rules. <laughs> but um, it's hard to tell when things you haven't watched in such a long period if you still think they're great. But uh, I watched a Kiro Tawe match not that long ago, and he it was much older Kiro Tawe, I'll, I'll admit, but he still rules. I, I, I love him. Um, and Tawe number 15, uh, for sure. Number 14, um, uh, in the Q&A, I mentioned how Elliot was making a case for Ferraza Guerrera, uh, and 1990 was another uh, great year for him. Uh, he is one of the best heel wrestlers uh, mixing not only villainous heel work but with with some just amazing comedy as well but not like in a comedic um you know wwe haha this sucks kind of way but in a comedic like this heel is getting what he deserves kind of way and it, it's awesome for as uh number 14 um this this is a number that could change. I, I, I think I need to explore him a little bit more. Um, so, but for as a grand number 14. Uh, number 13, lucky 13 goes to uh, Lex Luger, who had an amazing year. Uh, Lex Luger fucking rules. Uh, I, I don't want to hear any downsayers. Uh, but 1990 was another big year for him, chasing uh, Ric Flair, having his feud with Stan Hansen, um, just being... An, uh, like a, a great baby face which uh, in 89 you see him as this great heel so it's kind of nice to see him do the opposite so well uh, and oh man kind of sucks he's not in the top 10 but a one of Lex Luger's best years and he's, he's at standing in all of it um, big props to him number 12 uh, Jushin Thunder Liger um, I recently rewatched the January 31st uh, match with Nick pronunciation alert uh, Naoki Sano maybe uh, and that's just as great as I remember actually like I mentioned earlier about watching a match and watching it later and readjusting the rating I, I, I didn't look at the rating before I watched the match and then I gave a rating after I rewatched it and uh, the rating had not changed in like the eight years since I saw it last because uh, it's just a fucking great match uh, Liger the kind of king of the New Japan juniors uh, in that year uh, really coming into his own um, 
this is kind of more of a high-flying Liger than we uh, that he turns into later on, um, but still fucking awesome. Um, he might. He, hmm. I think I prefer uh, Liger when he takes up more of a, a striking, uh, bad assery style as opposed to more of a flyer. But uh, he's damn good at flying too, so you can't discount that. Um, number eleven. Uh, last person outside of the top 10 uh, from that uh, that jumbo uh, Masawa feud we mentioned earlier, uh, Masafushi. Man, what a revelation this guy is. Uh, if, if you haven't seen him, man, uh, just a, this an old man taking glee and stretching out people uh, is a wonderful thing to watch sometimes. And him mixed into like this hate feud uh, with Jumbo and company and just like coming in doing just doing evil stuff um, to the youngsters and then getting out uh, it's just a joy to watch uh, um, watch any of those matches uh, from that feud uh, like I mentioned earlier and uh, Fushi just kind of jumps off the page um, uh, sadly a little bit more than Tawe um, but Tawe you know he gets his revenge in later years so, uh, Masafushi, number 11, man. Top 10 time. I can't believe this. This is going uh, going so quickly. Um, but uh, top 10, uh, you gotta go with the Macho Man Randy Savage, number 10. Um, if you ask me to say what is a super great match of Randy Savage's in 1990, uh, that might be a little more difficult. Um, and I put that on the bookers, not him himself. Um, there's that 10 room match uh, at the summit in April 13th. Uh, that's pretty damn great. Um, but Randy Savage was awesome throughout this year, uh, but he was awesome throughout this year, you know, do it as a king facing Jim Duggan, you know? <laughs> that's not gonna produce the most amazing matches, but when you're the mo when you're such a great amazing wrestler you still stand out um but this is why you can't just look at you can't list great matches and say this person's better because they have more great matches because um i don't know you can name many wrestlers who had way more great matches than randy savage in 1990 but randy savage is probably better than most of them in 1990 it's just you know opportunities opportunities is uh the name of the game uh and it's really something you have to focus on because yeah you can especially like nowadays right like nowadays every single match someone has is on tape and you can watch it and every single match someone has is them attempting to put on a great match uh go to the 80s go to the 90s uh or even earlier first of all not you're not going to get like a quarter of their matches on tape that that's a problem uh the other problem is most of these matches there's different goals than having a great match there's getting over the story there's uh making the crowd happy there's um there's many of things there's not overshadowing other people uh it's definitely a thing so you have to kind of i think you have to put that into play like uh there's also opponents as well right like um yeah I can elaborate that on, on that in the future, but uh, it, it's something you might want to keep in mind. So number nine, 
beautiful Bobby Eaton. Yes. Uh, man. The, grit, the Rock and Roll... The Rock and Roll Express. I apologize. The Midnight Express. Had two of the best tag matches in WCW history in 1990. Uh, one of them against uh, Armstrong and some others at the Great American Bash. And the other one at Wrestle War uh, against the Rock and Rolls. Uh, also had like a flair singles match. And this team faced everyone. Um, they were kind of... Um, they were kind of your 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 wow workhorses of the undercard of WCW, uh, and Bobby Eaton really stood out as that workhorse uh, of the team, uh, just absolutely outstanding throughout that whole year. Just uh, putting uh, working with a lot of older and younger teams like Pillman and Zinc, they faced a bunch. Uh, in some great matches, but they also took on the Rock and Roll Express. If you don't, they took on fucking Ricky Morton, Tommy Rich of all teams in an awesome match on at Halloween Havoc. So, uh, yeah, Bobby Eaton, tremendous throughout all of uh, 1990, uh, puts him into number nine. Um, I'll be curious if there's a year that he's higher, uh, to be honest. Um, but I haven't thought that far ahead, so who knows. Uh, number eight, Minami Toyota. So, Toyota, one of the most awesome but frustrating wrestlers in the world. Like, this person can put on outstanding matches. They can do some of the most impressive and outstanding moves. They Heck, they even sell so outstandingly. But, if you put her in a... If you work on her legs... She's going to sell it great in the moment, but uh, she wants to do like 20 drop kicks, and she's going to do them. And if you worked on her leg, uh, she, 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 you know, she, she's going to kind of say, no, like my legs are fine, fuck it. Uh, so I, I start to wonder if like, if you work on Toyota's legs, it's your fault, not hers, that she's no selling it. I don't know if that's the way to think about it or not. But seriously, I have I have five matches of hers on my database from 1990, which um, in 1990, there's still limited, there's still footage issues with uh, All Japan Women too. So that's pretty damn impressive. Um, I think the most standout would be the Hokuto singles match from August 19th. Um, that was a great feud uh, throughout the year. Uh, she started teaming with Yamada, uh, so that's also um, that team, you know, that team rules. Uh, and also, uh, I, I don't think I mentioned with, with Bison earlier, but uh, Hamada's UWF, um, uh, they would focus, they would have like a, a token women's match like most companies do today, uh, but back in that day. And um, she was on in many of those, and those were generally pretty damn good so uh toyota uh she gets on there um i, I don't want to say just because of the quantity of awesomeness um toyota's a weird case i really have to think about what i think about her i have to think about what i think about her yeah um that sentence makes sense and uh she's she's so good but so frustrating I, I think is my total takeaway from her, but uh, it's kind of undeniable. And speaking of undeniable, Masaharu Masawa, number seven. Uh, this feud with Jumbo, we mentioned all over the place. Um, you know, they produced some of the best matches of the year. September 1st, 
uh, singles match, the June 8th single matches. Some people consider those some of the greatest matches that ever existed in the history of wrestling. Uh, I have them at 9.5 and 9.0, respectively. I'm going to take a drink of water. And uh, that whole feud, um, all the, the trios, the tags, uh, Misawa was not just a, a second fiddle to Jumbo. He's obviously not at Jumbo's level yet, but he that feud rules, and he's a huge part of it. And it is really fun. Uh, uh, people stepping into a role, I think, is one of uh, the best storylines you can do in wrestling. And uh, Masawa definitely stepped up in 1990 um, to defeat Jumbo and kind of go for that ace role. Uh, and, and really jump out of the pact and um, that he's fucking awesome in that so uh, Masawa number seven number six number six Asha Khan uh, the cage match with Bull Nakano uh, November 14th at Dream uh, Wrestle Marine Pad 2 uh, is one of the best matches probably the best cage match in the history of wrestling um so you have that automatically. But I mentioned the team with Bison Kimura earlier, Jungle Jack. Jungle Jack rules. Jungle Jack is awesome. Everyone watch Jungle Jack. Um, we don't have a Jungle Jack versus Marine Wolves match that in 1990. I don't know if there is one. I have to think about that. If there is, I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to research while talking. Um, but Aja Kong, she hadn't reached her pinnacle yet. Um, she's clearly still below Bull Nakano. Um, Bull Nakano is the ace of the company. Aja Kong wants to be, but that's two years away. Um, but in the meantime, she's awesome. Uh, she, she, the few, this is the year the feud really stepped, uh, like she kind of stepped out of uh, Bull's spotlight, not to take her spotlight away, but to kind of like, um, I don't know how to end that metaphor. <laughs> but she's awesome. Oh man! Also, there's this great street fight, martial arts street fight with uh, Medusa, too. Uh, July twenty first. They have another one too. That's awesome. Uh, but Aja Kong, just a fucking a bully, and it, and it rolls. Um, number six. Wow, we're in the top five. We're in the top five. Um, and I I think you can make this top five. Uh, I think this top five is pretty definitive. Um, I don't know if we can really argue with this top five. I'm obviously being biased because it is my top five. Um, but the, oh, man, this order, I think you could like flip a five-sided die and kind of decide the order that way. Like all of these people rule uh, for a variety of ways, but let's start with number five, uh, El Satanico. Um, man, the L Dandy feud, uh, uh, fucking hair match with Jerry Estrada, all his uh, trios work. Uh, one of the best heels of all time, Rudos of all time, um, just fucking pure evil, great technical wrestler, great brawler. Uh, he was all over uh, EMLL having uh, just amazing performances anytime he makes tape. Um, what a great year uh, for El Satanico. Uh, yeah, the, the December 14th uh, hair versus hair match with El Dandy, uh, 9.25. Uh, fucking great match uh, but throughout the year yeah just El Satanico I don't think you could watch a match of El Satanico's especially in 1990 and not be 
impressed both with El Satanico uh, in that performance. Uh, really unbelievable. Uh, great here. Number four. Uh, I, I This is my number one wrestler of all time. So it, um, I think. <laughs> Obviously, we'll see. Uh, but here, Koto, Hokuto, number four. This was her first, I think, uh, really standout jump out year. Um, she obviously uh, she was in the Marine Wolves uh, for most of the year and I, I mentioned the Toyota singles matches were kind of the majority of the stuff that we get to see uh, but she she really just just jumps off the page. She's not the dangerous queen yet and I know people talk about you know 1993 as this like oh, Hikaru Hokuto is just great in 93 and everything else outside of it is kind of a disappointing, but to me in 1990, she's just she is the best seller, the best person on offense, has the best offense, uh, has amazing psychology, uh, amazing character. She has the, she's the total package. Um, she, and this is 1990 already. She's that way. Um, and she just gets better as we go along, but uh, we'll start her off at number four uh, on these lists we're doing. Kara Hokuto. Oh man, so you probably know the top three right now. Um, you're probably guessing the order. Um, and yeah, this is difficult, but uh, number three, we're going to go Jumbo. Uh, we talked all about the feud uh, with uh, Tawe and Fushi and Misawa, but Jumbo was. Uh, clearly the standout I, I think throughout this whole process um, just a surly old bastard who didn't want to give up his spot I think is the best way to describe him and uh, man I don't think there's not much wrestling better than in those trios matches for this feud where Jumbo gets tagged in and you just see him being like fuck you and going for it and it rules um it's hard to put anyone above jumbo but um i, I did it so <laughs> let's see how uh how we're gonna do that um l dandy number two okay he had one of the best brawls of all time uh that before mentioned december 14th match with el santanico he also had one of the best technical matches of all time uh, with the uh, the June 1st match um, with Angel Aztecia. Um, obviously, that's not his whole case. He had uh, a number of trios matches. He had other singles matches against those two that are both also awesome. Um, so there's, there's a lot of El Dandy on tape, but man, the versatility of being that great of a technical wrestler and that great of a brawler uh, and having those like those kind of awesome matches in all those different styles in one year, damn impressive. Uh, El Dandy, um, man, I know he's the brunt of jokes, but fuck, El Dandy's awesome. And um, especially, I think 1990 is his career. I don't think he'll top number two on any other year, but man, that's damn impressive year. Um, wow. So that leaves number one, which is uh, Bull Nakano. The ace of all Japan women. Um, uh, I mentioned the the cage match with uh, Asha Kong earlier, but just being 
the monster, like the ace of a company, that good, that great of a company that was just filled with such amazing wrestlers, and kind of standing heads and tails above them. It is is unbelievable to me. Uh, they were the champions throughout the year. They wrestled like the champion. They wrestled like the ace. Um, anytime they made, uh, they can make anyone else look great when they wanted to. Um, uh, other really stand-up matches would be the uh, Toyota match from July 21st and uh, Jungle Jack versus Bull and Grizzly. Wow, I'm going to mispronounce this one. Awatamoto? Um, they had an, a great match in August 19th. Uh, those would be kind of the the big big matches that made tape um but bull nakano just unbelievable performances every time she was out um really the best the best ace of all time can i say that i want to say that i'll say it uh bull nakano is the best ace of all time uh and 1990 she was she was in that ace period and it's going to be hard for anyone to beat her uh in one of these top 25 lists for a year in a year that she is the ace um, that's going to be a difficult difficult task uh, and no one could do it in 1990 even Al Dandy who had fucking this unbelievable year uh, in my view couldn't pass it her so uh, I hopefully I'm not doing a self uh, fulfilling, fulfilling prophecy I'm, I'm going to try not to I'm going to try to not do that um, and I'm trying not to stick to my guns I did rewatch a lot for 1990 making these lists um, I did a lot of thinking a lot of evaluating so hopefully um, this is not just a list of my favorites or my preconceived notions it's actually um, it's actually good uh, and I hope some people got some enjoyment out of listening to my top 25 list of 1990 um, I will store this list away and when I go to vote in 2026 I will take this list along with my list from every other year and forge together to create my ultimate GWE 100 list that will be revealed sometime in 2026. So, boy, you got a long, long time to wait. But in the meantime, we get to discover each year. Um, what year am I going to do next? Um, that's a great question. We're going to be in November. The end of November, right? So I'm going to do, let's say 1997. That's a year uh, I've watched a lot of, I know a lot of, and I would love to explore a little bit more of. So on the next show, we'll do 1997. And then um, obviously in December, we're going to do 2021. Of course, come on. 20, or maybe January. Well, I'll think about that. Um, but yeah, obviously we're, we're, we're doing 2021 because that's going to be fresh and it'll be like a fun like current events type of situation uh not looking back in the past so so look forward to 1997 2021 and you know name your favorite pet year because that will be coming up in the future as well so uh thank you all for joining us on the very first episode of maybe not Tawei. we'll be back in approximately a month with some more questions from you send them in please i'm looking forward to that uh send in your questions um I'll have another guest and we'll have another topic and we'll we'll, we'll hash that out and then I'll, I'll give you my top 25 list of 1997 um, so follow me on Twitter go to the discord go to pro wrestling only uh, send me emails uh, just I love to hear from you guys uh, 
and it, it, the more people I do, the more fun this project is for all of us. So thank you all and have a great night. <laughs>